Yo, what's up, and welcome back to another episode of The Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril Ishemi, and as usual, I'm joined by the two guys, the two legends who are making a comeback from that Oppenheimer episode. Um, hope you guys like that little comeback. summer blockbuster thing we were doing, but yeah, how about you guys say hello, Ollie and Raf? What is up? Bonjour. I thought I'd come in with the energetic hello this time. Yeah, Usually it's Raf doing it, and then I... Finally, give it like a week. Hi. Share, share the load. Share the energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, Raph could never say hello. It was always like um, <laughs> it's a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> so always had to be different. Yeah, 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 it's like a story about my life. So when I was four years old, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we're we're live on like multiple on multimedia right now. Multi- like, Yo, what's up? Hi. How's yeah. it going? Hey. 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 Straight into the camera. Hey. Camera one. Camera two. <laughs> camera two. <laughs> testing. Testing. We are all live. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 trying to see if this camera thing works. We want to get some clips. Yeah. Into uh, Instagram and TikTok Shorts or whatever. YouTube. Are we doing YouTube? YouTube? Yeah, we'll try YouTube too. Yeah. I mean, Vimeo. like, yeah, Vimeo. YouTube Does that is- exist still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's like short films and stuff yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's become yeah. more niche. Yeah. yeah. Um, or screeners. I'm just naming all mm. social, social platforms. Social platforms. Um, if we are talking about that, I'm on Letterboxd now. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, welcome yeah. to the yeah. tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. can we follow each other? Yes, yeah. I, I'm following Raf. Okay. okay. Following, how how yeah. does this work? It's just like like Instagram? but like, Basically, you okay. just find someone's um, yeah. handle. Yeah, I stopped using it. Yeah. I remember when I first got it. Yeah. I first got it and it was like, put in the movies that you like. And I was like, I spent, I think, an hour and a half yeah. like going through films, like rating it and saving it. Um, and then I just got so bored of doing well, that. I, I have but to, I try to do it after films now. Yeah, right? Letterboxd is, is great. I really enjoy mm. it. But it's a lot of data entry. Mm. And, and, and a lot of people would argue we already have too much of that in our lives. Well, I kind of love it. Because I write reviews as well. Like I write <laughs> yeah. four reviews for, oh, okay, and for every okay. movie. Okay. And sometimes like I, I've seen a movie, but I've got like nothing to say about it. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting yeah. or lightning. So I, I literally sit there for an hour before going to bed trying to think of something. And, mm. and Naring is like... What are you doing? Just like relax. Yeah. Go to bed. No one, no one even no one cares. cares what you've written about the movie. I, see, I used to do that for Yelp. I care. Well, yeah, I don't know if Letterboxd does this, but like Yelp back in the day, they used to have like Yelp Plus or something. And if you wrote enough into Is that their uh, streaming reviews, service, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like, yeah, we have the best food network. Bro. Um, but uh, I hear Friends is on there now. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Central Perk. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So mm. on Yelp, you the more reviews that did you did, the more likely the likelihood that you'll um, get chosen to be in this Yelp inner community, and they send you to like free events and th- free restaurant openings. That's what's so up? Letterbox, if you ever want like to yeah, what's have like thing, a cool eh? thing, yeah. You should try and do that. I wonder, like, but they, like for movie uh, screenings yeah. and stuff, it would be cool if they did. Yeah. Kind of like a movie kind of deal. And we'll sponsor them. Yeah, we will. Episode. We will sponsor you, Letterbox. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Letterbox. Letterbox, sponsored by the movie newbie. <laughs> I, feel like, I don't think or the Letterbox, movie newbie sponsored. The great thing about Letterbox is that I don't think it actually needs any marketing help. Like it's yeah. it's it's grown so much through word of mouth. I think movie podcasts like our own yeah. just do all of the advertising it needs for. Like I right. found out about Letterbox purely through podcasts. It wasn't a sponsorship yeah. deal. People movie podcasters just like to talk about mm. it. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good way to segue into like our topic of the day because Letterboxd is kind of like the way that uh, I would like look for movies or not maybe look for movies, but kind of like algorithmize movies and word. like reviews and stuff like that. And it's kind of what Rotten Tomatoes was mm. was kind of like yeah. built to do in the past or even. 
uh, would you call it like an aggregator? Yes, it's that's, it, that's exactly what it's called. Okay. It's, so those websites like Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, yeah, um, those are the two big ones, but there are others. They're called um, critical aggregators mm-hmm. or review aggregators, mm-hmm. and that's effectively what they do. Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's just get to it. Yeah, what's uh, up? Ollie, sure. you found a an article or yes. like a yes yeah yeah so i found an article um on vulture been drawing a lot of attention in the film and pop culture community mm-hmm. um i i i want to credit the author of the article but the paywall just popped up on my screen for this ah, I've, ah. I've, I've, i got my one free article for the uh for, for the, the week month. or for the month exactly so um sorry i i can't tell you who wrote it but the article is called the decomposition of rotten tomatoes uh, semicolon Rotten Tomatoes still has Hollywood in its grip mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys have read this but I'll just summarize it really quickly in three points basically it sort of gives an overview of how Rotten Tomatoes has become an outsized presence in uh, film culture and in film marketing culture and how we view films how we watch films how studios get people to watch films and it basically boils down to three points that it says Rotten Tomatoes has become an irreplaceable presence uh, in our consumer culture and has effectively replaced the voice of independent critics. So days used to be that you would follow a certain critic or a couple of critics that you really admired and liked, and they were who who you would trust when it came to finding out what movie you wanted to go see in theaters that week. Now people go online if they want to see a movie or if they want to, they want to see if they want to see a movie, they go online and they check the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's taken the place of trusted voices in pop culture. Mm -hmm. And this is coincided with um, film criticism as an as an industry effectively yeah. dying, uh, unless you're on TikTok, which is another conversation. Yeah. Um, the second point is that studios, and this is the most frightening thing. In recent years, this article demonstrated how studios and PR companies have found ways to manipulate the Rotten Tomatoes system to boost the scores of movies and influence reviews, including paying online critics to post positive reviews and hiding or drowning negative reviews. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the feeling where you saw a film and it had like an 80 or 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah and you're like holy god that was either a bad movie or a very mediocre movie yeah and then you check that's got like 16 reviews yeah and all of them are people by people that you've never heard of and they all just so happen to be positive yeah so that's an an increasing phenomenon it's being um it was they in the article they profiled this one pr company called bunker 15 which is behind mm-hmm. a lot of this i won't go into detail because it'd be really boring and you can just read the article but it's super nefarious and really mm. problematic and then the third and final point is that rotten tomato scores for films have statistically increased in the last few years so um they did a study where in i think it was 2018 mm-hmm. or 2017 the average Rotten Tomatoes score for a movie that was released was about somewhere in the 40s to 50s. Now it's over 60. Mm. So that's yeah. all, again, contributing to this sense that A, studios and PR companies are finding ways to manipulate the scores to market their movies better, mm-hmm. and B, that um, these scores are becoming more and more meaningless, perhaps, mm-hmm. and are taking the place of, impo- of of considered criticism. And actually, like making people just look at film as content that if it doesn't have a certain score, then yeah. there's no point to even yeah. consider it. So yeah, that's 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 the general gist of the article. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And it kind of throws a lot of arrows mm-hmm. at targets that we're seeing in our um, present day society. And so I guess I just wanted to chat with you guys mm-hmm. about your thoughts on this, but also uh, Rotten Tomatoes and aggregators in general. Like, do yeah. you use them a lot? Do you feel like it influences how you watch things, how you approach movies? Well, like, I don't know about you guys, but from the beginning, like whenever I heard about Rotten Tomatoes, 
I never trusted the score. I would only trust like the because they would have a critic score and they'd have an audience score. Yeah, and those always like varied. So I'm not exactly sure if that has changed and they're more similar now. Um, but I remember the criticism for um, the the Ron Tomatoes was used as a way to criticize uh, Dave Chappelle when he came out with that special. That Netflix had special? a lot of yeah. There was that yeah. the, his last Netflix special mm-hmm. that got like a lot of hate Hand. on him. Yeah. yeah, and um, there was like a huge uh, disparity between like what the critics rated it, which was like a very very low score. I think it was like fifteen percent, um, and then the audience ratings were like closer to like what the people seventy made. or eighty. Yeah, what the people yeah. wanted. So I don't <laughs> know if like what you're talking about happened in reverse, like um, maybe the critics were paid to to make like have negative reviews on it i think so, mostly um or is no, it mostly to, like bring things up mostly like yeah mostly it was like so they gave a case example of a film called ophelia that came out like i think like in 2018 or 2019 mm, that was mm. that had daisy ridley in it mm-hmm. it was kind of like a feminist retelling mm-hmm. of hamlet and uh what happened was it premiered at sundance got reviewed kind of poorly mixed mm-hmm. it, so it had like something like 40 percent on rotten tomatoes then this PR company was hired to 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 look at its advertising before it was released for the for the major public. Mm. And what they did is they contacted online journalists who weren't established <laughs> critics and said, "Hey, if we paid you fifty dollars, would you go and review this movie yeah, at a private screening?" Okay. And they wouldn't tell you. We're gonna. Um, it has to be positive. Yeah. But because you're paying someone, mm. then it's immediately become suspect. Yeah. And if the review that this person handed in, these critics handed in, was not positive, then they wouldn't enlist it on Rotten Tomatoes in the first place. And by through all of this chicanery, right. that review the score went from 40s to about six late high 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And it was picked up by a distributor and was released in theaters. <laughs> so that's an example of what they're doing, which some people would just argue is good PR. Others would argue is um you know, corruption basically. It's like yeah, a corrupt well, form, a of, form of corruption. It's corrupting yeah. like a form of journalism or mm-hmm, a form yeah. of advertising. So if you're paying someone to do something, they're more likely to uh, maybe advocate for for that PR or like that's why you know, be be nice. Yeah, like be... a journalist, you know, a, a critic should in theory never be paid by the no, studio of yeah. the film that they're reviewing yeah. because then that would that, then they could be accused mm. of yeah influencing their opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I am quite um, I'm quite notorious when it comes to or I have been quite notorious when it comes to tomatoes. I've been I've been I've been addicted for you know a lot of years before watching any film i would get on rotten tomatoes and i would Mm. check the score out because that would influence whether or not i would see this film yeah i to be fair i do i do remember you like i know growing up like 2013 it was disease yeah i was corrupted by rotten tomatoes and like i think back then maybe they were more trustworthy they were less you know corrupted um but i would always do that no matter what and i find myself Still doing that, but um, after I've watched a film. So after I watch a film, I'm whipping out IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Wikipedia, and I'm looking at those three websites to gain more insight so on the film. Is IMDb an aggregator too? Well, IMDb does it's the. Like um, it does like a, a. It has a score, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. Each, each film on IMDb, it's like a, what, like a six point nine. Yeah. That's yeah. an that's aggregate people, of user reviews, yeah, though, isn't okay. it? Okay. Yeah. Because like I find IMDb ratings better. Like at interesting. Least, when I go to an IMDb rating, I'm like, okay, that's kind of around the ballpark of where I think the rating of the movie should well, be. Well, again, because I think maybe what it is is it's it's voted by the people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, anyone can vote yeah. on, a, on a on a movie. 
You know, yeah. anyone can put a score up. I, I, I tend to use more IMDb than Letterboxd just because like I've been so accustomed right. to using that database. Um, and then you'll have the Metacritic score as well, mm. which I tend to favor too. Well, the, the difference between Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, although Metacritic has been accused of its own uh, it, crimes, but mm. with Rotten Tomatoes, how they come to the, the percentage is that they'll just ca- take all the reviews in. They'll judge a review to either be positive or negative. So that's Rotten or Fresh. And then the score will be how many fresh reviews do they have against mm. rotten reviews. So that's how you get like a 75% because 75% of the reviews were deemed positive. So the problem with that is that you could have a movie getting all three stars across the board. Yeah. And then it'll get like a 98%, which some would right. see as being... Um, a misdirect, mm-hmm. whereas Metacritic mm-hmm. will take the scores, like if say an average of them. Yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll take like yeah, exactly. If someone gives it a six, then if someone gives it a seven, then someone gives it an eight, they'll give it a seven. Seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's interesting, and I I think I often fall into that trap of looking at um, critical score. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. it's it's there's a critic inside of me that wants to know what other critics are saying about it, the film. Is it just films that you that you that yeah yeah, yeah most i mean tv shows as well what about video uh, games because yeah video games metacritic's I mean, massive with video games IGN, yeah. dude. IGN, IGN, yeah. and you had that whole, like IGN you that starfield film, film ratings are garbage yeah. uh, they, IGN, they're missing that yeah they're, they're very so con- bad they can be that. very yeah. controversial very controversial like um, i remember they, they gave like the flash an eight out of ten yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah. Yeah. well again and like, then, look, yeah on rotten tomatoes it was like 67 percent which it's is like mad. I think I think for me where where I saw kind of the downfall of Rotten Tomatoes when they after let's say Marvel the 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 10-year Marvel, you know, uh phenomenon happened Endgame. after mm-hmm. Endgame after Endgame I saw uh I was you know still following Marvel but purely critically on 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 these review uh websites like Rotten Tomatoes and I kept seeing the score, and that would entice me to watch these movies. Because I was like, "Oh, you know, it's not, it's not bad." And then I would watch the movie, and I would be like, "What the fuck's? What the? F- how is yeah. this a seventy or an eighty yeah. percent?" And then I'd be like, "Is Marvel paying Ron Tomatoes to, yeah. to keep yeah. you know the like ratings that, up?" Um, what's the Brie Larson one? Uh, yes, that Marvel. was like one of the worst Marvel, ones yeah. that I've seen. But like, it Marvel. had a really good critical rating. Sure. Yeah. And exactly. Was, yeah. Or Doctor Strange. Doctor the second Strange one too, yeah. has like an. 80 I, I've or noticed something. that with more with independent movies. Like I love indie movies, but I see a lot of mid-ass indie well, movies. Well, that I've got like ninety-five percent, like, and I'm like, I, it was, it was fine. It was yeah, fine. Yeah. It was but okay. Like ninety-five. But ninety-five percent, yeah. the same as Godfather yeah. Part Two. Yeah. Come on. Well, it's it's kind of like I I don't know if we spoke about this or maybe I was listening to it on a different podcast, but um the like uh the making like indie films corporate so they're still like big movies made by big like production houses and stuff but they have that indie sheen to yeah, it, yeah yeah sure you know yeah. and yeah I, I i don't know like um it's it's weird like it's uh what's the word the financial word market um correction no 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 like playing with the market market um, forces what market manipulation market manipulation that's yeah it's, that's, that's kind of what it is yeah uh, like yeah. you're manipulating the audience to yeah, for sure yeah and I, I think like the bigger question is is that and this is going you know this goes back to the origins i suppose not just of, of rotten tomatoes but of when roger ebert for example Ro- ebert and siskel did the oh, thumbs up My thumbs down ebert. they're really popular and i love roger ebert too and he his reviews are often wonderful pieces of writing in and of themselves, yes. like really nuanced yeah. and thoughtful. Yet he popularized the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Right. We have a binary between good, bad. Mm. And that's 
anyone who's worked hard on a piece of art knows that yeah. you, you don't have to like my piece of art, but yeah. to to dismiss it as good or bad, that's yeah. it, without without any sort yeah. of nuance or elaboration yeah. or eloquence is wrong. Yeah. And that is um that that kills artistic well, expression and the kind con- of like the discourse. It kills the discourse. Yeah. It's kind of like um getting a star, a Michelin star, you know? Um it's it's incredibly it just blows my mind the fact that I could think in London or the entirety of Europe, mm. there's only like one African restaurant with one star cool. yeah. or something like that. And yeah, like, yeah. there's definitely restaurants that make good food mm. and that they don't have stars. But because of this whole like weird critique kind of thing. Um, well, it's the, yeah. crit- it's the critical world we live in. And I yeah. think like um, uh, uh, one of our, you know, former guests on the show, Maite hated, um, really disliked, um, when when I would ever when I would go on Rotten Tomatoes when I would look at critical scores because she would she would say form your own opinion yeah and yes. also like don't look at these things because they will manipulate the way you think about certain things and and it has to come from self expression right so I think it is like you said very beautifully it is and like you you know you you mm. alluded to with the restaurant it is something that like form your own opinion on these on these matters yeah. on on these subjects on these yeah. films because that's the only way where you can say to yourself okay what did i like not like you know instead of trusting uh you know some corporate fucking yeah. website but is is maybe the responsibility on us to dig deeper rather yeah. than to just look at the number i think so i think so so I, like if course. you go to these critics reviews and you read them and you're just like man that's a bit weird like i yeah i often i often do that right so like let's say these examples with the marvel films where i was like this seems odd like it got an 80 yeah. percent, whatever i will look into it and then i'll you know form a a negative you yeah. know point of view on the film <laughs> yeah but at least i don't know you go out there and find out for yourself right mm. it's like with any piece of music or yeah. it's like with any mm. piece of art you you art is made for to to evoke something inside of you so yeah. like go look at go look at it yourself mm. but it, it's imp- I think everyone should do that. I think everyone should try and form their own opinion and not be influenced by outside opinions. But the, unfortunately, we live in a completely subjective universe, so uh, it's impossible. In a, in a not it, we don't live in a, we don't live in a but we mm. don't live in a vacuum. So as much as we like to, I, I think it's almost impossible not to have your opinion on something influenced by some outside factor. Now, and that doesn't mean like I'm not just talking about reading a review before you go to see a film or hearing what your friends have said about it before you go see it yourself. I'm talking about like. You know, this is getting very abstract, but like if you had a good day or not, or a good sleep the night before, yeah. or if you watched it in like a comfortable chair or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that, or yeah. if you just, your girlfriend just dumped you right before you went to yeah. the cinema, that like sucks. these things will influence your, and that's why I think that there's no such thing as like a pure opinion. Yeah. And, and that's why actually it's a good, that's why I always say watch a film more than once. If yeah. you can, if yeah. you want yeah, yeah. to, I've been shocked by how different my opinions are on films when I've seen them more yeah. than once. Yeah. Well, a former guest, like the, where you guys were on the show, but Amar, mm. um, yes. I think if I'm not wrong, he watches a film three times in the cinema. Wow. Um, That's dedication. When, yeah, like literal. Yeah. But he's also doing like a master's in film right now. Shout that out to Amar. Shout um, out. Yeah, shout out to yeah, Amar. So like he, um, it's crazy like how his opinion changes on a movie and he feels like he yeah. needs to watch it multiple times in a cinema. It's like when I watched Oppenheimer with Lorna, we watched it at Genesis and it 
was kind of off. Yeah, yeah. The seats a, were a bit too uncomfortable for a three-hour yeah. film. Tumultuous yeah. experience. Yeah. Whereas so we saw least. it in a fucking nice-ass theater. <laughs> in a comfortable... In a, uh, what was electric, it called? Electric, uh, yeah, electric, electric cinema. Very prestigious. Yeah, yeah. Which, anything, again, like, I think a, there, there may be an experience that was robbed from it just because maybe we were too... At least for me, well, I might have been too comfortable Did you guys go to the movie? one in Portobello? No, no we went city. to the one in... Oh, yeah, White City. Okay, it's a new one then. But the one in Portobello was built before the... A bomb was built. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's pretty ma- crazy. But yeah, that is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. really but, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a brilliant topic that you brought upon you know yeah. uh, the show because it really I don't know it it kind of makes us think about how we view films and this is what we do we critic films too we're yeah critics. I mean we're, we're technically we're, critics yeah, as exactly. well yeah we're cinephiles we're critics yeah. we lo- we enjoy watching movies and then we enjoy talking about them and when we talk about them we obviously have a subjective you know judgment on on the yeah, totally. that we watch and yeah. I actually I I wouldn't be surprised if they're just to you know to demonstrate the influence of ro- things like Rotten Tomato I'd be I'd be very hard pressed to think if there's a single film we've reviewed on this podcast that was not that had a lower lower than a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes or a lower than an eighty. True, we only review great films, or maybe we only uh, think they're great because they've been well received. Ooh. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah. like, Has there been a film that we've I've reviewed which been... has not been like was not well received when it came out? Maybe the Warriors. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe the I Warriors. Think Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, oh, Scott Pilgrim didn't receive. Like posi- it was like positive. Uh, yeah. Jaws, no, Jaws was Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. Was a, uh, was a, No, there was a film that yeah. did that wasn't a hit when it first came out, but then it became like a cult classic. Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, um, I guess that could go. That could go in yeah, there. Yeah, it was. It it wasn't. <laughs> you, you you punched a nerve on all. He's like, don't you talk shit about Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, and Summer. you weren't here for that episode <laughs> either. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, you were and that Ill. was actually that was your no Wet Hot American Summer was savaged by critics. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same with the Warriors yeah. because it was like too yeah, violent. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? That's a great movie. I'm trying I mean, to remember what these films things we've have seen. become our cult, you know, um, phenomenons. Cult, cult. Rope. Rope, rope, yeah, rope, yeah. 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 Band. Uh, yeah. Hitchcock, that yeah. Red rope. But these yeah. were, but these, th- those movies came out in a time before Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah. Where like people just read a review. <laughs> Do you think Rotten Tomatoes would have made it a seventy above seventy five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you well, can I check mean, now. Yeah, I now it's yeah. probably yeah, yeah. hundred. Yeah. I but say, you, like I just wanted to quit, add one last thing to what you were saying about Amar because I think that's cool that he goes to see a film three times in the cinema. Mm-hmm. I once heard someone say that it's good. Yeah, the reason why you should rewatch a film is because when you go to see a film for the first time, you're experiencing it against. You're watching the film based on what you expected it to be, mm-hmm. and you're judging it against that. Whereas when you see a film for the second time, you're seeing it for what it actually is. Because mm. everyone has preconceptions, especially if you watch trailers or you've heard something or you yeah. you read a blurb somewhere. Yeah, and so you're often criticizing it because it's not playing out as you expected. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you see it the second time, you're 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 um sort of you're like absorbing it on its own it's, terms, basically. It's kind of like driving to work or driving to school where you take the same route every day but every day you notice something a little bit different it's kind of similar to that aspect my teacher like, always says my viewpoints teacher adam mr adam marple who we've had on the show as well we're theater shouting brothers. out to theater all brothers? the yeah yeah of theater others. Others. Okay. yeah theater theater brothers. Brothers, yeah he always said never take the same route Always try to find a way to change. <laughs> and that you route. kept showing up late. Yeah, and like, why? He's like, you told me to, man, dude. I came from Johor Bahru. <laughs> <laughs> I think the what what he was trying to allude to is that like it, even if it's like a minor change, it opens up. Walk backwards pathways. to work. 
yeah, moonwalk to work. Honestly, <laughs> do anything else but the same monotonous fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I, I it opens up creative pathways in your brain, literally, because you're like discovering something yeah, totally. slightly new well, yeah. every day. So, like, I guess we can close. <laughs> Let's and, uh, park that um, bus. Yeah, let's not so eat what, that what, tomato. So I was gonna, yeah, as to close it. Well, wow. I don't know. I just had like a little brain fart over there. But um, <laughs> I yeah, it. I don't think I've ever really been one to like look at critic ratings. Like I, I have you two yeah. to tell me what to yeah. watch and what I not to. I, no, I, I think we should, should we, we should be better with that. I should we should be better with that. I think I think like going back to the idea of like <sighs> finding people whose Ashamed. thoughts, like who critics, whose opinion matters to you, or who whose um. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you're doing a lot of this. Yeah, yeah, doing a lot of that. This eh? fucking out, opinion, find, this find fucking out, Rotten Tomatoes. Out, I don't know who he is. Find out voices on the internet or in a magazine or where, wherever you are on a podcast who, who and if, if they talk about film in a way you like, listen to them, maybe hear what they have to say about a film, even if they don't like it, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. Listen but to then, the movie newbie. Like, but then also, know, just, like, I'm... Don't always listen to the people that you like. Like you have yeah, to listen to people sure, that you sure. don't like to, to build don't an be, opinion. Don't be yeah. in a bubble. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, some of my favorite critics from film history, um, they often I disagree with them on a lot of things. Like Pauline Kael, yeah. one of the best critics of all Pauline. time. She's great. She was fantastic, an incredible yeah. writer. She hated a lot of movies that I loved, and she loved a lot of movies that I hate. Same with Peter Bradshaw, another guy. You need I friction. You yeah. need friction to form opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's finish. Let's finish. <laughs> We're done with this Do conversation it. now. Yeah, great. Um, okay, great so are we are we segueing to Raf's thing or just let's the general? Let's, let's do what we've been because like been... I have a good segue to your. Oh, you do yeah, to the theme. Let's segue to me, and then we'll we end. usually end with we usually uh, end with the, the theme. theme but yeah, like I feel like this is a good. Th- segue. All right, go go ahead. Just because, for, the, for the segue, just the segue. because um, basically Raf's theme, um, he's, which he's going to introduce, um, came about. Because these directors and filmmakers started off as critics. Word. Yeah. So maybe, nice. yeah, I'll just put yeah. that there. I'm not going to say too much. Cinema. Cahier du cinema. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But do, do we want to continue or do we want to just say what we've watched? Let's, I mean, let's just let's, yeah. let's do the normal format. So okay. if we watch, then I'll yeah. finish. Because then, so that's, then, that's so then the listeners you, out Ralph. there know exactly what to expect yeah. at the end. Yeah. But keep critic, film critics exactly. in mind. Exactly. Keep nice. cinema in mind. All right. So what have you guys been watching then? Nothing recent. Nothing? I like to report. I mean, oh, nothing. Wow. Nothing of. Well, you, nothing you've, recent. You've been like, no in, recent on films. holiday too. So I've been on holiday, but the one film that I, I guess, no. To be honest, I have been watching some fucking quality movies uh, these past two weeks. Uh, so ever since I came back from Morocco, I've had to. I've had to watch Casablanca. I mean, I, I ah. had to. Why, why? How can? How can I go to Casablanca and then not watch Casablanca? So I watched that masterpiece, and safe to say. It's a masterpiece still. It holds up. It, Had you seen it before? No, never. Never was the first time. You know, it was I've one of those things where either. I'm like, what's what's a classic movie that Here's I still haven't you, watched? It's, Here's looking at you, it's, kids. I think the, like, if anybody's thinking of, a like, an oldie. Yeah. Like, I remember my parents who always, like, Casablanca. All the dogs and all the world yeah. shit to watch in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's not completely <laughs> dogs, but, um, That's a good one. <laughs> um yeah no honestly yeah Casablanca yeah. it's uh, an ultimate classic and it's just one of those epic you know from the 40s and 50s that I'm like which ones have I missed and obviously there's gone the wind there's gone to the wind gone to the wind is that is that, that, that that is it gone, gone to the wind right gone for the wind gone, gone by the, the wind. wind to the window <laughs> to the <wall. laughs> uh, if only we had we were talking about that before recording if only we had talked about that on the air that uh, would have made sense that would have been a great full circle moment any hoo hoo 
Um, yeah, Casablanca, fantastic piece of filmmaking. Um, and then I watched The Lives of Others, which also I had not watched, but I, I realized that is one mm. of your, well, like one of your favorite German films, maybe. Yeah, it's or, a film I really like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, uh, very it's from, I don't know. It made me think of you for some reason. Cause I was like, I've heard Ollie talk about this film once mm. or twice. Well, I was in the Gestapo, so maybe there's that. There it is. Um, and wow. Um, and I w- I watched my first Bob Fosse film, uh, ah. All That Jazz, uh, Where the Jazz Hands Came From. <laughs> great movie. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, I was completely galvanized by that film. And Rod Scheider's performance, who, as an actor, wow. I mean, the fact that he did, you know, in the 70s, he was just this. Anyways. Um, and then that's, I'll just round it up at three. I will, we'll, we'll next bonus episode, I'll, I'll talk about more, but round yeah. it up at three films. Those are my, those are the three films that definitely left a, a strong impression. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Any yeah, shows, so TV recent. shows or anything? Uh, not re- I'm rewatching Watchmen, which... Ah, great. Oh, great. That show. great yeah. series. Nice. Yeah, because I've, I've never been... seen the series, yeah. You should. As a f- you're, yeah. you're a fan of... You've... Ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah. I always found Watchmen a bit weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is definitely um, still a lot. It's, it's very, it can be quite yeah. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. A lot of ideas, a lot of themes. Uh, but yeah, I just reread the, the graphic novel and I was like, I'm going to rewatch the show. Nice. So very I did nice. and it's a positive, another positive uh, yeah. outcome. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what have I been watching? Yeah, uh, you know, not a ton because I've been traveling quite a bit recently, but I, um, I've been on uh, back on the movie but on the movie the movie hype boat. recently yeah. yeah a lot of people um, are back on it yeah. yeah i know i don't know if there's something in the air perhaps but movie, there's a lot of movie. good movie. We're, we're slowly creeping towards award season so you're seeing more good films come out mm-hmm. and movie has a lot of good films but i watched two uh international films on movie Ooh. recently wow. the first one is a film called alcaraz uh it's oh. a i would say it's a spanish film but i feel like it's more appropriate to say it's a catalonian film because um, i know there's you know there's a difference. A lot of people. Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, secessions, secessionists Opin- or yeah. independent. I don't know what the term is, but anyway. Opinions. Um, but yeah, this is a film by a, a director called Carla Simone, a writer-director. Um, she made a film that my partner, Naringa, introduced me to um, recently called, um, what was it? Summer 1997 or Summer 1993. Um, and this is her follow-up to that film. And it's set in Catalonia and it's about, about peach farmers. Mm about a family of peach farmers who's um, face an existential threat when it comes to the collapse of their industry and as the industry shifts from uh, peach farming to solar farming, to solar wind as part of like a mm-hmm. um, a pro-environment sustainable push. Right. Which we usually see as a positive thing. And I think we'd all agree that renewable energies are very much a positive thing. But it's a really interesting film because it was showing the micro drama of this family mm. that were seeing their generational... Um, means of living threatened mm. by this, sh- this this nationwide shift to sustainable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, resources. Um, it was a great film. Really enjoyed it. Would highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, I saw another a French film on Sunday ah. called uh, One Fine Morning. I don't know this what the French preparation to the French New Wave. You're kind like, of. It was a nice segue <laughs> into that, actually. It was yeah. the day after we watched the first film. Mm. Theme. Uh, but this is a Mia Hansen Love uh, joint. Does anyone Ooh, know Mia Hansen Love? I do not. No. She's a French filmmaker. She made Eden. She made oh, um, Eden? Yeah. Things to Come. She made more yeah. recently Bergman Island. She's huh. she's a great another great female writer director. This is with Leah Sadu. Leah Sadu. And a guy, I can't remember his name, but God damn it, he looks exactly like Raphael Lacat. <laughs> I saw him. He was in this Christmas film that I watched. Uh, this French Christmas film I watched years ago. 
and I and I think I sent a picture of him to you, and I was like, "Raf, this looks like you at the age of like forty-five. I like that. Yeah, and he's a great actor yeah. as well. Good looker too. Really good. And uh, mm. uh, one fine morning is a lovely film. Um, just a great it was a one sort fine of like film. a great <laughs> drama set in um uh set in Paris in the present day. Lea Sadu is fantastic. Um, I would say though that if you have any family members who have dementia or uh, that. It's that factors into the plot and it can be quite triggering. Um, kind of like the father, bit of um, a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty difficult to watch in that respect, but otherwise, mm. really lovely movie. What's that? Then, who's that f- female um, French director that you really enjoy? Uh, she did High Life. Um, she, oh, Claire Denis. Claire Denis. Well, yeah, Claire Denis. Yeah. How, how to say in French? Claire Denis. Yeah, you, you, you said it really well. Nice. <laughs> um, last thing I'll mention is a TV show. Um, me and Ring have got back onto watching Reservation Dogs. Yeah, season oh, two. Nice. Season two's out. Se- season two is out, and season yeah. three is starting now. Yeah, season three um, is starting soon. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'd watch season one on Raf's recommendation. Mm. Yeah. I think one or Finally. two, like one or one or one, maybe even like two years ago. Yeah. And so we and we we just kind of fell off the bandwagon for some reason, but then just started watching season two. It's on Disney mm. Plus. Um, great. This show's fucking awesome, guys. Yeah. Love yeah. This what show. a lovely. What Bunch a brilliant of, yeah. piece of just the kit! Ah, it's it, great, yeah, and the yeah. lead looks so much like Jabril. <laughs> yeah, he does. They're, he does. Uh, they're both he sexy does. motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, but it's a great, great like drama comedy, highlighting a community that Very unfortunately creative. isn't you know isn't in front of the camera nearly enough, no. and that's the native. Yeah. Well, I'm so so like I. I I know that I don't know what the preferred terminology is. Sometimes I know it was like Native American as opposed to Indians, but then I saw on the show they sometimes I've heard that some Native American people prefer to be called yeah. Indians. Yeah. So yeah. I would just say indigenous peoples yep. from um from America. Yep. Uh great show, great little show. I think it's doing its final season soon. So wow. check it out, everyone, please. It's an FX. Yeah, it's an nice. FX show. Yeah, yeah. Well, Duh. yeah. I've caught up on the bear. Oh, the yeah. nice. like halfway cousin? through season two. Cousin, cousin, hey, cousin, cousin. Um, yeah, so that's been really good. Yeah, chef, corner, yeah. Yeah. Corner. corner, behind corner. you, corner. Yes, chef. Um, yes, chef. <laughs> uh, I I really liked it. Yeah, it's really good. But I'm I'm kind of tired of like stressful comedies. <laughs> yeah. Can we that's... have like just a normal comedy? I mean, I, like, I don't think it's supposed to be comedy per se. I mean, it's a dramedy. I'll, I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, it's a dramedy, but it's like, definitely yeah, it's definitely yeah. stressful. <laughs> definitely, it's so stressful, man. Ooh, the, it's it's the, not. Yeah, it, but just in general, like any comedy that comes out is just so like not comedic. Like maybe the situation is comedic. I found this with like most yeah. comedies nowadays. Yeah. Um, they're not like ha ha ha. Like that's the joke. I'm gonna laugh at it now. It's very like deep. I or guess. it's like, haha, my life is shit. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like, I don't want to li- <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want that. I just you need want like a, a sitcom. It sounds like you need yeah, a, sitcom. a sitcom. You know, or like yeah. a Scrubs or something. Watch, watch Malcolm Frasier. in the Middle, man. I've been watching that shit. Yeah, it's brought it's, me it's, joy. I mean, yeah, I, I do watch a lot of like that '70s show when I'm. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, ooh, other than although, that, yeah, ooh, although yeah, ooh, right ooh. now, uh, <laughs> yikes. So other than that, uh, I guess a recent film that I've seen is Passages, which is a... Oh, I really want to see canal, that. Canal um, A24. But was uh, it, I think it's, it's being released by Mubi in the UK. Or Mubi yeah, or something yeah. like that. I can't remember exactly. Canal plus yeah. an A24. That's a beautiful yeah, see, baby right there. Like I'm looking Damn. at the Google, you know, like yeah. dashboard thing and somebody's <laughs> giving it one star. Um, although I <laughs> would again, give it... A five star out of five. It's fucking amazing. 
beautiful film, and it uh, features um, Franz Rog- 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 Rogowski, Franz Rogowski from Franz Rogowski. from uh, Victoria. Uh, the guy. Club Shout out! Sorry, that's a little reference to our episode yeah, of Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, directed by Ira Sachs. Excellent I love that film. film. I love that filmmaker, Ira yeah. Sachs. So you, if you haven't seen Passages, you should definitely go and watch like it. It's a very our... like about a. Tr- uh, it's like a love triangle kind of thing. Um, ben Wishaw, really in intense. Well, right? yeah. Uh, who? Yeah, Ben Wishaw. Uh, Wishaw's in it, and the beautiful, extremely amazing. Adele, I don't know how to pronounce her last Adele, it's, it looks Greek. Exarchopoulos. 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 Is that how you would say it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. We. Oui. Um, <laughs> and then another film that. Uh, that I watched recently, but it's a, not a recent film at all, is called Ikari XB1. And this is a film that came out in, nine, in the 1960s, I think 61. And it was one of the main um, influences for 2001 Space yeah, Odyssey. It's your sci-fi so, stuff coming Yeah, in. so this is a bit of a sci-fi. Um, it's, it's a Czech movie. It's fucking awesome. Fuck yeah. It's really good. How did, how did you, you watch it? You sh- uh, I watched it on... Uh, I rented it through Prime, but it was MGM or okay. oh, one you of those. Have to get the, one of those channels that you have to subscribe yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So you, I got the trial. trial? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah stopped you should also watch Polaris, which is the Russian yeah, equivalent yeah, of 2001. So, Solaris. So, Solaris. Solaris, yeah, Solaris, Solaris, which I think also came out around the same time. So I'm, I want to go into a deep like USSR, Eastern yeah, USSR, sci-fi thing because yeah. it's incredible. They know their shit, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's also during the time where the there was the space race oh, between yeah, yeah, the yeah. US and yeah. the USSR. So it's really it. interesting 100%. to see like what, like how each country, like each uh, school of thought, um, thought the future would be like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's really interesting to see like how, um, yeah, it's just like. Like the the USSR doing like a space colonization mission, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. as opposed to like America, uh, yeah. an American style. Yeah, yeah. But like, for example, two thousand one, right? They are like working together, yeah, yeah, or whatever. But yeah, that's Wasn't that's Solaris what I've been directed watching. by um, the famed uh, Russian uh, and Tarvalsky. Uh, and Tarvalsky, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been watching. But nice. hey, shall we get to the theme? He's not a movie yes. newbie anymore. Let me tell you that much. I know. Well, I'm finding I'm finding what Soviet I like. sci-fi. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, I know, right? Damn. I mean, ever since uh, uh, the 400 blows. Yeah, it gets yeah, cool. Yeah. I think that's when I started like going into OG shit. So, thank it, you for this theme today. Hey, no worries. Let's get to it, buddy. You're about to. You're about to enter. The, I mean, if anything, this is going to propel you into more, yeah, you know, yeah. cultural movies. Um, so I'm happy I don't know why re- we didn't do this before. I, I honestly, I don't know why. It's literally <laughs> one of the most influential, pioneering fucking movements in cinema history. Yeah. And we're talking about the French New Wave. Let's go. How do you um, say it in French? La Nouvelle Vague Française, I guess. Oh. <laughs> no, because there's, there was a, a special word for it. I don't know. I was watching Nouvelle loads Vague. of documentaries oh. about it recently. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll just stick to French New Wave. Yeah. F-R-N-W. Uh, acronymed. Um, it emerged in the late 1950s. Okay, I'm just going to give you, about, you know, a bit of backstory. Y'all kind of understand what we're, you know, what we're dealing with. Um, yeah, emerged in the late 1950s, um, and it's kind of a movement and a form that rejected a lot of the old conventions, a lot of the traditional ways of filmmaking, and 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 substituted with, you know, they employed these kind of 
uh, almost radical experimental techniques uh, in a spirit of iconoclasm, which, you know, iconoclasm is a destruct, uh, kind of a deconstruction of tradition, uh, of icons, of moments, of things like that. Um, so it really was a reinvention of cinema. And I think, you know, there's no better people to do it than the French. Of course, the French are going to be like, fuck this, uh, fuck this fucking shit. I am tired of tradition. Let's fucking behead this shit. <laughs> because I'm like, and that makes me proud. So I'm like, you're right. You see something that's, you know, like, they kind of, they're disruptive. They're, they're, they, they see something that's monotonous and traditional and conventional and no longer kind of works and they're like let's change it let's see how we can change it so they're a great force for change let's and flip this bitch let's flip this batch <laughs> um so i think and they do it in a radical but yet beautiful way you know um so the new approaches to this you know technique uh, would often be in its editing and its visual style and its narrative uh, and also in its existentialism existentialism sorry um and it's often like i said regarded as one of the most influential movements uh in cinematic history um that paved the way for uh 70s uh hollywood filmmaking there would be no scorsese there would be no scorsese that, yeah. spielberg uh sydney lumet like any of these filmmakers i think scorsese though yeah was for like sure highly super, like oh, yeah. I, after i watched like uh I, so i watched basically a little documentary about mm. the french new wave and literally it's Scorsese. Like oh, for sure. His 100%. entire, I didn't realize this, but his entire like style is very similar very, to what it especially is. Especially yeah. if you're looking at his old 70s work. Yeah. You know, his body of work in the 70s is very French New mm-hmm. Wavey, let's say. So what um, would be the, for like the, this is what makes a French New Wave? Well, again, like I, I, I like to think. Oh, million dollar question right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I think we're going to come into that with these movies that mm-hmm. I selected and you'll understand. But I think. Again, like the approaches, the techniques that come into play uh, are usually heavily uh, in its editing format. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. different way of editing. Mm-hmm. They usually do like kind of these super cuts or these fast jump cuts, cuts, jump yeah. cuts, um, visual styles. My favorite, the long shots, yeah. the single takes. They have a lot of that in the French mm. New Wave. And they also operate in a guerrilla style um, filmmaking, which that, I don't know if we heard that, but that's, you know, yeah. like an idea <laughs> in my head. Um yeah, they, they, they kind of uh, use this guerrilla style filmmaking where they only use, mm. you know, a handheld camera and they have very minimal setup. No extras. No extras. Um, no, they, they only, they use the city as they their use extra, the city. Which yeah. They love. often cast like non-professional yeah, actors. Yeah, non-professional actors. Yeah, usually like they'll maybe sh- put one professional or semi-professional and then mm. cast everyone else as non-actors. But it's really my style of filmmaking because I love the guerrilla style filmmaking. That's yeah. the, I think that's the purest, rawest form of filmmaking. And I... You know, as as much as I have been a background actor and I love background actors, you can tell when there's a background actor. Whereas it, with these films, yeah. there it, there's a sense of liveliness yeah. to to each space, mm-hmm. to each environment, because you're like, oh, these are real people. Yeah. Um. So so there's all of that that kind of make a French New Wave film, and also they just defy expectations, mm-hmm. they defy convention, and you will notice it because if you have been influenced by Hollywood era films, Hollywood era films like in the 1940s and 50s, you will know that this is oh, we're, I'm watching a very different style yeah. of filmmaking yeah. here, um, and just a, you know a brief, um, I guess where the where they coined the the term French New Wave. Uh, is from which we we've mentioned before the Cahiers du Cinéma, mm-hmm. um, where 
Jean-Luc Godard, uh, Jean Godard, Godard. And, uh, Godard. <laughs> and François Truffaut uh, originated from. They were critics and cinephiles from yeah. this uh, Well, that's place. where the original batch of French New Wave filmmakers came yeah. from. This they were is all it. Yeah, yeah. So critics. 30 years were... from now, we're going to be getting our Oscars for writing. <laughs> I would like to think. I would like, yeah, I mean, uh, manifest. It's going to happen. Um, and, you know, so there was the Cahiers du Cinéma, which, um, which had a, a large community, well, a community of, of cinephiles and critics that later became directors. And then there's also the left bank community, which um, employed a lot of people like um, Agnès Varda, Chris Marker, uh, Agnès Varda, who we're, who we're going to talk about as well. So to, you know, this is kind of like the foundation of French New Wave um, and the films that we're going to be talking about. And I'll say them in English. Uh, the first one, Abu. De Souffle from uh, from François sorry from Jean-Luc Godard a 1960s film and I think one of the quintessential French New Wave mm -hmm. films can we ask what the English title is uh, Breathless right there it is uh, just kind of lamer in English uh, it, is, but it, it is something of soufflé no uh, Abu de means out of out of breath is a uh, uh, breath oh okay it's okay, like okay. breath yeah right. uh, and Abu Abu is like at the end no it's not breath. like out of dessert because <laughs> <laughs> like in Arabic, Arabic Abu Soufflé is uh, Baba Baba Soufflé <laughs> yeah. uh, which hey we talked about yeah. kind of the Arabic new wave as well this yeah, yeah. Saudi Saudi new wave um uh, and then, so that is a Jean-Luc Godard film. Uh, and I think one of the quintessential uh, French New Wave films that really paved the way for, for that movement. And then we are going to tap into a rich tapestry uh, of Agnès Varda, who Agnès Varda is probably one of my favorite filmmakers uh, of all time. Uh, and she is she was a pivotal uh, female director that also established herself as the French New Wave pioneer. And we're going to check out her film Cléo de 5 à 7, or Cléo from 5 to 7, um, which is, again, another brilliant film. Uh, and then we're going to end with, I guess, the master himself, with François Truffaut, uh, and a film that he directed in 1962 called Jules et Jim, or Jules and Jim. Uh, so these, I think, three films will help color uh, what the French New Wave uh, is all about. Uh, hopefully, and hopefully it will educate, it will... Uh, inspire and it will admire and I don't know and and maybe shed a lot of love in your light. Well, that was light. Very well put. Yeah. Yeah. And then shut down. At and the then end. You, yeah, you shut down at the end. <laughs> like too much brain power. He had a, he had a Biden. Yeah. Very. I I am sleepy. Where's my, where's my, I'm, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna go to bed now. <laughs> These American people. This <laughs> <laughs> just got to like. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. And now. And thank you for that. And I guess we're uh, done with this episode. That's so, it. Yeah, that's it. We're, uh, we're getting we're, to we're the next one. Here. Yeah, we're out of here. Or are we? <laughs> wink, wink. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, checking out the show. We're back for another theme and two more yeah, themes after that. Yeah. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Kill bugger, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into the... <laughs> and yeah, catch you next Cheater. time. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Give us them five stars. You're seeing this live and direct. Live and direct on the camera. Um, <laughs> 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 so, catch you later. Bye-bye now. Bye -bye.